Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Presented by Sheikh Muhammad Duar. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bi huda amma ba'd. First and foremost, we welcome our brothers and our sisters to the first lesson of a new series that we are starting tonight by the will of Allah Azza wa Jal. And as we have previously mentioned, our Tuesday night lessons here at Masjid Al-Azhar in Belmore, Sydney, New South Wales, Australia, is usually dedicated to the topic of aqidah or creed. And we have, walillahi alhamd, Allah has blessed us with being able to cover a number of books in the past few years. And today we are starting a new book. And the book that we are taking, as the brothers and the sisters are aware, is the explanation of Kitabul Iman from Sahih Muslim. So we are going to, by the will of Allah, be going through the explanation of the scholars, of the ulama, regarding the book of faith, which is the first book in Sahih Muslim. And because it is a book of Iman, the hadiths in that book are dedicated to Iman and to the topic of Aqidah. Jazakallahu khairan. And this, as we have mentioned previously, my brothers and sisters, is in order to show us a number of things. First and foremost, it shows us the importance of studying the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is a very important point, my dear brothers and sisters, because many people, many people, they make an attempt to seek knowledge and they put great deals of effort into seeking knowledge, but they are not benefiting from the greatest type of knowledge. And the greatest type of knowledge is the knowledge of Allah Azza wa Jal learn through the Qur'an and through the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And that is why many scholars have mentioned that there is no greater gathering than the gathering that is studying the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But when you take your religion directly from the one who the revelation was sent to him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then you know that you are upon the correct course and upon the correct path 
People put time and effort into many things. But if anything is worthy of our time and effort, it is the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that is why many of our great imams, the imams of hadith, they gave their life to the study of the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this book, my dear brothers and sisters, it is a great book and it's made up of a number of chapters regarding Iman and Aqeedah which Imam Muslim rahimahullah began his Sahih with. So we plan on taking each one of those hadiths from the chapters and giving whatever explanation, explanation Allah Azza wa Jal allows us to give from the people of knowledge. The first thing that we would like to mention is the purpose of selecting these types of books for Aqidah is in order to show that these great Imams of the past, my brothers and sisters, who the entire Muslim Ummah agrees upon them, like Imam al-Bukhari, Imam Muslim, and others, that they were all upon the same methodology and Aqidah. This is very important. That when we learn, we are not learning something that is new. We are learning something that came from the past, from our great Imams. And if we respect and honor Imam al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim and Imam al-Shafi and Imam Ahmad and Abu Hanifa and, and, and all the great Imams, if we truly respected them and acknowledged them to be our ulama, our great Imams, then we, have, we should never have any issue in taking the aqidah that they taught. And the aqidah that they preached. But Imam Muslim, rahimahullah, just like many others, he dedicated sections in his book to aqidah. And because we are learning his book, it is his right upon us that we touch briefly about who this Imam is or was and what the ulama said about him and a brief understanding of his life and of his book which we are studying. So first and foremost, we start with his name, Imam Muslim. His name is Al-Imam. Or that's his title. Al-Imam Al-Kabir Al-Hafidh. These are titles. The Imam Al-Kabir, the great Imam. Al-Hafidh. Hafidh is a title given to the big and the great scholars of hadith in the past. 
Today the word hafiz can have a different meaning. A hafiz is someone who memorizes the Quran, for example. In the past, no. It wasn't enough just to memorize the Quran. A hafiz means a big scholar of hadith. And Imam Muslim, no doubt, rahimahullah, he was one. His kunya was Abu Hussein. His kunya was Abu Hussein. His name was Muslim ibn al Hajjaj ibn Muslim. So his name is Muslim ibn al Hajjaj ibn Muslim al Qushayri al Naysaburi. Those last two words, Al-Qushayri and Naysaburi, is the areas where he is attributed to, where he comes from. Qushayr, not Quraysh, Qushayr is a known Arab tribe. So he was from the Arab, Imam Muslim. And Naysabur is a city in Khurasan, Naysabur is a city in Khurasan. Khurasan currently sits in the northeastern area of Iran, towards those areas. And the scholars, they differed regarding Imam Muslim Rahimahullah's birthday. Some scholars said he was born the year 204 Hijri. And some said 206 Hijri. Not much difference. Some said 204 and some said 206. Imam Muslim coming from this area at that time, that area, Khurasan, it was thriving in knowledge, especially knowledge of hadith. Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah was close to those areas. All the great a'imma from the past, many of them came from these areas. So Imam Muslim, just like others, his seeking of knowledge started from a young age. And Imam Muslim rahimahullah had many teachers and that was normal. Because the scholars back then, in order to become scholars, they used to do a lot of rihla, traveling to seek knowledge. They will, dif- they will visit different cities to meet the great scholars in those cities so that they can narrate hadith from them. So Imam Muslim, rahimahullah, he had a lot of teachers Imam al-Dhahabi rahimahullah said about Imam Muslim, his first sima' was at 18, his first hearing. And hearing means when he takes the hadith from his sheikh in order to narrate. That's called sima', when he's hearing the hadith from his sheikh. This he first done when he was 18 and his Scholar was Yahya ibn Yahya al-Tamimi, rahimahullah. So Imam Muslim traveled to different areas. In Khurasan, he took from Yahya ibn Yahya al-Tamimi. 
And he also took from Ishaq ibn Rahawai, rahimahullah. In an area called Rai, he took from Muhammad ibn Mahran al-Jammal. And he took from Muhammad ibn Amr. In Iraq, because he went to Iraq, he took from none other than Ahmad ibn Hanbal, rahimahullah. He narrated from Imam Ahmad and Abdullah ibn Maslama al-Qa'nabi. In Hijaz, Mecca and Medina, he took from Sa'id ibn Mansur and Abu Mus'ab al-Zuhri. In Egypt, he took from Amr ibn Sawad and Harmala ibn Yahya. These are just some. As you can see, my brothers and sisters, look at the lands. Khurasan, Naysabur, Iraq, Hijaz, Egypt. This was how the ulama of hadith were. Not only the ulama, the students of hadith. They will travel the lands in order to collect the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And remember my brothers and sisters, we're talking a time where there is no airplanes, there is no luxury, there's no fast cars. Huh? In this day and age, driving five minutes to the masjid to attend the lesson, some of us find that a burden, a big burden. But that's why these great imams are still being mentioned up until today because of the hard work, because they understood the value of the sunnah. Imam Muslim, rahimahullah, he also read under Imam al-Bukhari. Imam Muslim he took knowledge from Imam al-Bukhari. And Imam Muslim considered Imam al-Bukhari to be a great scholar of hadith. And he had the utmost respect for Imam al-Bukhari. Not many people are aware of this. That they lived in the same time. And they met. And Muslim took hadith from Bukhari. And Imam Muslim had so much respect for Imam al-Bukhari that there's a story that occurred in his time. Imam al-Bukhari visited Naysabur, which is where Imam Muslim is from. When Imam al-Bukhari entered Naysabur, Imam Muslim would attend the gatherings of Imam al-Bukhari. He would go and sit in his gatherings. While Imam al-Bukhari was in Naysabur, he had a conflict with one of, if not the biggest scholar of Naysabur, of Naysabur by the name of Imam al-Dhuhli, rahimahullah. So Imam al-Dhuhli, he was the Imam of Naysabur. Imam al-Bukhari is visiting Naysabur. Imam Muslim would attend the gatherings of Imam al-Bukhari. But he was 
an old student of Imam al-Zuhli as well, because he's from his area. When the conflict tension happened between Bukhari, who was the visitor, and Imam al-Zuhli, Imam al-Zuhli, rahimahullah, he gave a statement. And he said, no one should attend the gatherings of Bukhari. This is what al-Zuhli said. No one should attend the gatherings of Bukhari. Imam Muslim, from how much respect he had for Bukhari, he didn't listen. He continued attending Imam al-Bukhari's gatherings. And then that news reached Imam al-Dhuhli. That your student Muslim is still sitting in the gatherings of Imam al-Bukhari. So then Imam al-Dhuhli rahimahullah, he made another statement. And he said, whoever sticks to a particular view should not attend my gatherings. And what he meant by that is, whoever is going to sit in Bukhari's gatherings, don't sit in mine. So Imam Muslim, rahimahullah, he understood that his sheikh is referring to him. So he picked himself up. And he walked out of Imam al-Dhuhli's gathering. That's his respect for Imam al-Bukhari. And then Imam Muslim, subhanallah, what did he do? He gathered all his notes that he had written from Imam al-Dhuhli and he sent them back to him. And that was in order to inform his sheikh that I will not be narrating from you. This shows Imam Muslim, rahimahullah, his respect for Imam al-Bukhari. And he would kiss Imam al-Bukhari on his forehead. Imam Muslim became a great imam, no doubt. So he himself had great students who took from him. And those students themselves were great imams. Like Abu Hatim al-Razi, Musa ibn Harun. Ahmad ibn Salama, Abu Bakr ibn Khuzayma, and many more. These are just some of the big ulama who were students of Imam Muslim. Imam Muslim, rahimahullah, he compiled a number of books. The greatest of them is his Sahih. Sahih Muslim is the best of his books. But he also compiled other books. Like Al-Musnad Al-Kabir Ala Al-Rijal And Al-Jami'u Al-Kabir Ala Al-Abwab And Al-Ilal And Awham Al-Muhaddithin and others These books my brothers Like Al-Ilal Awham Al-Rijal These are all books in the science of Hadith It shows you Because not many people Understand this particular type of knowledge it shows Imam Muslim was a professor, if you can say that word, or a doctor in hadith, without a doubt. And the scholars of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, they all praised Imam Muslim. No one doubted his greatness. So he was an Imam who the scholars agreed that he is an Imam. In hadith and in the sunnah 
Abu Hatim al-Razi and Abu Zur'a al-Razi, they both put him first in their time before their sheikhs. Those two scholars put Imam Muslim number one over their sheikhs in knowledge of the sunnah. One of the a'imma by the name of Muhammad ibn Bashar, he said, dunya," And this is a very heavy statement. He says, The hafiz of the dunya, meaning the greatest huffad of the dunya, are four. And from them he mentioned, Muslim in Naisabur. For the Salaf al-Salih, they all agreed that Imam Muslim is from the greatest of the Imams. And Imam Muslim, rahimahullah, he passed away in the year 261 Hijri. So he lived approximately 55 years, not very long. But the work that he left behind him is very long. No doubt. So he passed away 261 Hijri in Naisabur, in his land. And he died on a Sunday night and he was buried on the Monday. Five days before the month of Rajab finished. Five days before the month of Rajab finished in the year 261 Hijri. And regarding... How Imam Muslim passed away is an amazing story. It's actually an amazing story as to how this great Imam passed away. It's narrated that he was sitting in his gathering and he was teaching. So one of his students asked him about a hadith. And he didn't have the knowledge. And these Imams... They're very hungry. If they don't know something, they will go and research and study until they find the answer. So Imam Muslim, he went home at night and he lit up his candle and he gathered his books. He wants to research this hadith that his student asked about. He told his family to bring him dates. And his family brought him a big basket of dates. And Imam Muslim, rahimahullah, spent the night researching the hadith and eating from the dates. And because he was so into his study, by the time morning came, he had finished all the dates without even realizing it. Then he fell sick. And he passed away. That's how Imam Muslim, rahimahullah, passed away. But subhanallah, this was how eager they were into understanding the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal. Because nothing is more valuable and beautiful than learning your religion. Knowledge of the deen is the greatest thing that you can have. Regarding his book, Sahih Muslim, what is its position? 
Sahih Muslim is the second book compiled in the Sahih Hadith. It's the second book after Bukhari. Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah said, the scholars have all agreed that the most authentic books after the Qur'an are the two Sahihs. Muslims have all agreed. The most authentic books after the Qur'an is Sahih al-Bukhari and Sahih Muslim, which the entire Ummah has accepted. Imam Muslim himself, rahimahullah, said, I compiled this Musnad Sahih from 300,000 hadiths which I heard. The book is not 300,000 hadiths, but he compiled it out of three hadiths that he knew. He chose these hadiths from a number of 300,000 hadiths. And he said, I did not put in this book anything except with a hujjah, with a proof. I didn't put anything in this book except with a proof. And I did not remove anything from it except with a proof. Because they would revise their books. And he said, I reviewed this book with Abu Zur'a al-Razi. And whatever he informed me from a hadith which had a illa, meaning a deficiency, I removed it. And whatever he told me is sahih, I placed it in this book. So this book, Imam Muslim worked very hard on it, rahimahullah. And Al-Husayn ibn Ali al-Naysaburi, one of the great imams, he said, there is nothing beneath the heavens more authentic than the book of Muslim ibn al-Hajjaj. This imam is saying there is nothing more authentic than Sahih Muslim. And Ahmad ibn Salama rahimahullah said, I was with imam Muslim when he compiled his book for 15 years. 15 years, ya ikhwa. This book that we take for granted. Imam al-Bukhari, 16 years working on Sahih al-Bukhari. And subhanallah, you can have it in your phone. Or you have it on your shelf. And that's if we even open it and look at it. What did these ulama go through in order to preserve the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for us? Sahih al-Bukhari and Sahih Muslim, the comparison between the two. The Muslim ummah has agreed that the most authentic books are Bukhari and Muslim. The vast majority of the scholars say Bukhari is the most authentic and then Sahih Muslim. That's the opinion of the vast majority of scholars. The vast majority say Bukhari is more authentic than Sahih Muslim and that Bukhari is the most beneficial of them. And Imam Muslim himself would benefit from Imam al-Bukhari as we mentioned. Imam al-Daru Qutni, 
Imam Ad-Darqutni, which is another professor of hadith from the imams of the Salaf, he said, if it was not for Bukhari, Muslim would not have gone and come. If it was not for Bukhari, Muslim would not have gone and come. Meaning Muslim would not be where he is if it wasn't for Bukhari. And it's true. Imam al-Bukhari was the greatest, no doubt. And Muslim, rahimahullah, his book was second. And the vast majority agreed on this, except for some of the Maghrabi scholars. Some of the scholars of the past in Maghrib, in Morocco, they would put Muslim over Bukhari. But this was a very... Yani small number of ulama, the vast majority, they all acknowledged that Bukhari was first. And Sahih Muslim has a number of hadiths. If you do not count the repeated hadiths, because just like Imam al-Bukhari, Imam Muslim would also repeat a hadith. He'll use it here and then he'll use it there or he'll bring the hadith and then have different chains of the same hadith. He'll repeat it. If you do not count the repeated hadiths, Sahih Muslim is 4,000 hadiths. The entire Sahih Muslim. It's 4,000 hadiths. If you count the repeated hadiths, it's 7,275 hadiths. Approximately. That with the repeated hadiths. And Imam Muslim, rahimahullah, he arranged his book in chapters. Sahih Muslim is in chapters, but he did not put titles for the chapters. Imam al-Bukhari put titles for the chapters. Imam Muslim didn't. And the scholars say that could be for a number of reasons. One, so that he doesn't make the book too long with adding titles, or two, he just wants to give you the information and he leaves it to the reader to put a title for the hadiths that he's placed in the book. Who put the titles? When you open Sahih Muslim now, you'll find titles. That was done by the great Imam al-Nawawi, rahimahullah. The one who explained Sahih Muslim, or one of the explainers of Sahih Muslim, he put the titles. So when you read Sahih Muslim, the, t- the title of the chapter is not Imam Muslims. He did not title his chapters. He just put the hadiths in chapter forms without titles. Okay? So this, my brothers and sisters, is a very quick and brief introduction to Imam Muslim, rahimahullah, and his book. And inshallah, next week, Because we are studying Kitabul Iman, we are going to speak first and foremost about this mas'ala, the mas'ala of Iman. What is Iman according to Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah? And what is Iman according to the deviant sects? And then inshallah after that, we win with the explanation of the hadiths in Kitabul Iman. Wallahu a'lam. وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم